Before we get started, we'd just like to thank everybody for all the listens. It's been a great launch of the, of the podcast, getting a lot of great feedback, and we've got a lot of cool things in the works. For this episode, we're finally getting into some wrestling. My guest this week is a wrestler out of Michigan. He goes by the name of Hakeem Zane. Uh, first caught him at a recent XICW event at the Imperial House. He did a cage match with Orlando Christopher. He ended up losing the match and dropping the belt, but it was, you know, it was one hell of a match uh, anyways. Uh, I was able to catch up with him at the next XICW event at the Ritz and Morn, and we chopped it up about, you know, music and wrestling, talked a lot of hip-hop, you know. It was cool to, you know, really kick it with him. So uh, let's get to the interview with Hakeem Zane. Instantly, I'm like, oh shit, he's coming out to a Just Blaze yeah. joint. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which joint was that? Uh, Tough Love, uh, Young Guns. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just love the, uh, I love the, um, the chorus. You know, it starts off right away, and then, uh, you know, it, it, the chorus is, you know, I do whatever it takes to find a way, and the beat just kicks in right away. And I love Just Blaze. Like, I actually used to come out to, um, a, a couple times when I first started, I was coming out to uh, Saigon. Um, what you really was it? What you, I can't remember the name of it. Come on, baby. Okay. I was coming out to instrumental of that, and then right. I'd come out to when Just Blaze did the uh, that Nike commercial. Um, I did that that because uh, that was ridiculous. Just the beat is so good, and uh, I remember coming out to that. But the, everyone loved the the tough love one, so I stick to that. And then the, the whole I do whatever it takes to find a way. It's just perfect for me. You know what I'm saying? Because I am. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to find a way to win. So yeah. it just, it's great. Yeah, and I was, uh, and I saw you liked it on Facebook. Like I posted uh, the match that you had. In the middle of it, I hear you yell something. I'm like, I know that, I know yeah. that. So I had to like, I'm like, okay, Google it. And I'm like, oh shit, that was Wu Gambino. Yeah, so I'm like, oh. <laughs> boy. I actually used that as my, uh, as my catch catchphrase. You know, I said, there's, there's a whole bunch of stars. Everyone wants to be a star in professional wrestling. Yeah. I want to be a star. I want to be a star. I want to be the star. Yeah. Uh, so I'm the sun. So I got that. I was like, I remember Method Man said it, and I come on, brother, sun, cause he shines like one. I was like, man. I'm a, you know, I'm the sun, and just like the sun, everything revolves around me. So what's what's a good? I said, you know what? My mother calls me sun because I shine like one, yeah. and so I, I say that after at the end of every promo, I say in the middle of the match, and I'm so you're the first person to catch that that I was from Gambinos. <laughs> no one else can catch that, but that's where I got it from. Right. Who are some of your uh, your favorite uh, music artists to listen to? Well, obviously Wu Tang. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I sent you that picture, of that shirt. You know, my buddy Frankie the Face made yeah. me that. I can't wait to get that out. Uh, I'm gonna get these black trunks with that yellow in the back, just really simple. Yeah. You know, so it looks like that Wu logo. But I love um, old school wise. I'm a big old school fan. I love anybody from you know like NWA and stuff like that. But stuff like BDP, you know, Boogie Down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love big KRS One fan. Um, uh, LL back in the day. I loved his stuff. You know, um, all the stuff from the '80s. I'm an '80s baby. So yeah. I grew up during that whole time. Right. And then a lot of new stuff. I'm trying to get into some new stuff, underground stuff. I just heard, uh, I was familiar with J Electronica before. My buddy just let me hear Exhibit C yesterday, yeah. which blew my mind. You know, I forgot how good the dude was. 
And then uh, I picked up Razkaz, Apollo Brown's Blasphemy. I yeah, absolutely, yeah. oh god, I love it. Yeah, Apollo's a homie of mine, man. I've known really? Him, I've known, oh I've known god, him since dude. I've known him since before he was Apollo Brown. Really? Yeah. He, back when I was uh, living in uh, Royal Oak, dude, um, yeah. I had a few roommates, and he used to work with one of my roommates, uh, another hip hop artist named Finale. Uh huh. And he used to come by all the time, you know. And this was, and even that, and he was just starting the Apollo Brown thing when he'd come over. Dude, his his stuff is is good, man. I loved it. That uh. That Razkaz album, those two together, it's I, I play it from beginning to end, every track. I have it in my car, and uh, I love it, man. I love it. And then uh, Sky Zoo, big fan of Sky Zoo. Um, I love the Apollo Brown's version of uh, Ghostface, 12 Reasons to Die. Right. I love that. I like the first one. Was it Adrian Young that did the first one? I like yeah. that, but then I heard Apollo Brown's, and it was just, to me, it was more Woo style, you know? Right, I, right. I absolutely fell in love with it. Um my buddy down in Milwaukee usually tells me who to hit up. He was on uh, Kendrick Lamar before Kendrick really got big. He yeah. was, you know, listening to him before Lupe got big. When Lupe was doing, like, the food and liquor, like, mixtapes and stuff like that. Yeah. I was listening to that, him. Um, you'll have to educate me on what's hot now, man. Because sometimes I'll hear stuff. I won't know who it is. I'll just play it. <laughs> right. And I just, I like to, I, I can't do radio. No, nah, me neither. I yeah. can't do that. I, no offense to those guys, but it's just... It's so formulated and just, eh, it's not for me. I gotta have, I gotta try to keep my ear to the ground and see what's, what's hot on the streets. But I, as of late, you know, I'm, I'm behind on a lot of stuff. There's still a lot of, there's still dope shit coming out on the underground, independent labels, and a lot of like dope stuff coming out of Detroit even. You right, know? right. Um, it's out there. It just, it's just not in your face. You know, right, right. Anymore. My buddy uh, Adam Santoya, he just moved down here. He makes beats. Um, He's really good. He, uh, that wasn't Freddie Fox, but somebody picked up something of his. Man, who was it? And it wasn't Freddie Fox. It was somebody. I can't remember who it was, but picked up one of his beats. And my boy Jacinto, uh, he's out here now, and they do their own thing. And they're, they're uh, I don't know if his brother's name was Ness North or something like that. I can't remember his name, but they're good. And I've known them for years. And we used to freestyle and stuff back in the day. We used to have the uh, karaoke machine, so we'd have the beat play in you know we have the beat playing and then we uh yeah freestyle over it you know it was all garbage back then so but we loved it man we thought we were oh man this is it's so hot and that's we, how everybody used to do it back yeah. then man. and then it was like the mtv music generator we'd make the beats off of that because <laughs> yeah. it would let you sample stuff it was like one of the only things that would let you sample so right. we would take uh we'd burn stuff online and we'd take beats and then we'd chop it up and sample it we were chopping you know we were taking stuff from like kill bill streets right. of rage like and if we had the quality that we you know that we do now with those beats that, that was pretty good some of that stuff was really good man right really good stuff so there's a lot of talented people out there uh it's kind of like wrestling independent wrestling you see all these guys that are in wwe stuff like that and they become well known but there's so much talent that will never make it to the big stage and it's a shame right because there's guys out there that could be on tv right now and uh they'll just never get that shot so and that's the reason why I'm doing the podcast that I'm doing is because music and wrestling is something that really I have fun watching, watching, being a part of, whatever. But I do see those parallels between the wrestling industry and the music industry. Um, I know, like, I, I remember even coming to here, like the Ritz, like 15 years ago, and other going to like like high school gyms for shows, yeah. and still the, all these smaller, um, you know, companies. Do you know still you know have them the same place? But I feel like now, as compared to 15 years ago, 
the matches are better. Yeah. The athleticism of these wrestlers. There's a a wide amount of just talent, even at the small small companies these days. You know. It is. People are hungry. That's the main thing, and that's that's kind of what separates. Like you see it in music, and you see it in uh, wrestling. You see it in anything in life, where it's when you're trying to make it. If you have a passion for it, you're hungry. And you put everything into that. And the only way to stay successful is to stay hungry. So once you make it, whether it's music, wrestling, whatever, uh, you have to stay hungry and don't forget what brought you to the dance. Because you see a lot of guys, they make it, and then everything is just almost like they're phoning it in. Right. you got to remember what brought you to the dance. And that's why like uh, now wrestling had that, had that surge in the 80s. It was big, and it died down in the 90s. And then in 98, it got NWO and the, yeah. the Attitude Era. It had that surge, and then it kind of died down, and then CM Punk kind of helped bring right. that back, and then like the the stuff like wrestling kind of blew up. WWE is getting Sports Center stuff, you yeah. know, and it's true because people like they want to say stuff about wrestling all the time, but there's like 80% of the people out there that couldn't even do what we do. Right, you know right, I mean? right. And and the thing is, you have these guys now that are that the the psychology of wrestling is different, um, the pace is different. And today's athlete is different. It's everyone likes not everyone, but there's like 90% of people want to be in shape. You know what I mean? Or maybe 85, 80, 85. But that transcends into now wrestling. So you see these guys. Uh, I would say like myself, uh, Jake something that we're we're meatheads. You know, we want to be in the gym, but we want to translate that. We want to look like a million bucks out in the ring, and we're hungry. So I can guarantee tonight when Jake something and I go in that ring. It could be 20 people here. It could be 120 people here. It could be 1,000 people here. We're going to put on the best match we can for whatever because we want to be the best. And then and that, that's, and that's, I think that's just independent whatever profession you're doing. It's because you're hungry and right. you have that passion. So, and, and that's why it transcends into wrestling as well. Right. There's, there was definitely a time in wrestling where maybe it was just kind of like there's a lot of brawlers in wrestling. And then there was definitely a time when there was a lot of drug use in wrestling. Yeah. And but a lot of that has been cleaned up, and a lot of people have seen the deaths that's, that's loomed over wrestling all yeah. these years. You know. Yeah. And they're you know being having a healthy healthier lifestyle, and they're realizing they can you know do it better. Um, I think a lot of it, it's 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 funny because again it's like uh, we joke about it, but sometimes you go out and you. You, you throw down the couple, and some of the guys we just party like rock stars, you know, yeah. and to use that. And uh, it's it's back then it was big in the '80s. And it was like that too. Like I remember watching stuff like a Motley Crue, you know, and the eight, the hair metal bands, and they yeah. were partying, drinking, and even '80s wrestling was like that too. It was uh, the same thing, you know what I mean? And it's uh, it's a little bit better nowadays. Like you said, you saw the guys that did. Party super hard. What's up, brother? Hey, what up? They they partied really hard, and uh, it, it it over time it took its toll on them. So you got to You got to if you want to be in the business, in my opinion, in any business, you got to wrestle and party for longevity. You know what I mean? You can't can't overdo right. it unless you're one of those guys that's just a tank that can do that. You know, by all means, more power to you. Right. Yeah. Back in the '80s, you had metal bands that were you know 
doing all sorts of coke and partying yeah. all night. Yeah. Now you have metal bands that are all vegans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My buddy uh, Nick, he uh, played with the Swellers. They're like a pretty well-known uh, punk band. And uh, you figure punk, I always think of the Sex Pistols, just like, ah, oh, you know, throwing beer bottles yeah. and stuff. No, he's, I lift with him, and he's like a vegan, you know. He's like this well-built Jack vegan guy, and he's all about health and but they just, they're that whole punk message. It's just funny how things change, you know. Right. I just I just interviewed uh, Doyle from the Misfits. Oh, really? And he's like a total vegan now. Yeah, that dude's like super jacked. Like, yeah. I saw it. I was like, Jesus, that's ripped, man. <laughs> that's cool, man. Like, I, I don't judge anybody because I'll definitely go get wasted, you know what I'm saying? I'll get right. drunk. And then there's days, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm all about... I'm mostly about eating right and lifting. On the weekend is my my party time, so you know I try to split it into two. If you have fun, you have fun. Just be careful. You know I can't judge anybody. Throughout time, uh, you know, especially you know someone like you, um, and I, I saw it really starting to happen in WCW days when they had the. You know the really strong cruiserweight division. Yeah. With Malenko and Benoit, no. Rey Mysterio, all yep. those guys. Um, when it comes to that more, you know, cruiserweight, junior heavyweight division, what sort of psychology goes in the ring when when you have kind of like this fast-paced thing going on? Um, I think you have to one. You got to be in some type of shape. You got to have some type of athleticism because if you're putting on a match. And you're going at that type of pace, uh, you have to be able to keep up. I've gotten blown up in the ring before, and it's like Jesus, man, it's so bad. Like last year, I didn't do any cardio because I try to put on more size, yeah. and so I like to talk a lot of shit in my matches. I'm always ah yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and if you've ever yelled and screamed at somebody, you know how much that blows you up. So I'll I'll be blown up, you know. I'm like God dang, I gotta slow it down. You have to be able to go. You gotta be able to go in that ring. Um, that, those are my biggest influ influences right there, as far as pro wrestling. The Benoit's, the Guerreros, Mysterio. Because uh, when I saw them, I, I always wanted to be a wrestler, but always thought I had to be over six feet tall, 200 some odd pounds. Right. When I saw these guys come in, I was like, man, I can do this, you know. And then it took me years before I actually had the funds to go training. But when I did, if you look at my work, you know, you'll see a lot of that influence on them. Um, in this sport, if you want to go at that pace, you have to have one a passion for it, and two, you got to be in somewhat an athlete in, in pretty good shape to go at that type of pace. Yeah. Wow, what a catch! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that game going on. Right. Uh, yeah, going back. To, um, how did you first uh, get into um, wrestling? Um, way back. I my earliest memory is my dad was watching it. And it was, in the 80s, it was the Road Warriors versus the Koloffs in a Russian chain match. And immediately these guys already looked like superheroes. So I'm like, whoa, you know. And uh, Mad Max was big at the time, so these guys are called the Road Warriors. So I'm like, these guys are awesome. And then I remember, I don't even know if that was the first match I saw, but that was like my first memory, early memory. And then I remember Hogan, you know, Hogan was huge, and Hogan was your real-life superhero. If, right, you, right. if you're a kid, you watch wrestling, you love Hogan, yeah, yeah. you know, and then Warrior came along, and Macho Man, so, and it just grew from there. I fell in love with it, and I always was doing something. I used to have a tape recorder. My mom had a tape recorder, and I'd wrestle this gray bear as a kid, and I would <laughs> call the matches while I wrestled it, and then I'd cut promos afterwards, you know. And then in high school, we'd sneak up in the mezzanine and we'd wrestle up there and cut promos on each other. 
and then it turned into wrestling in uh, our basement, but making it like you know as real as we could and professional yeah. as we could. And then we got a ring in the backyard, and then somebody hooked up with somebody they can go. Tr we can go train, and then I went and trained, and I tried to go to 98 when I got out of high school. I wanted to go to Al Snow School down in Lima. Didn't have the money. It wasn't until, and then I was going to go to the House of Truth, but I was working a full-time job, so I didn't have time to go. And then I met up with this guy Xavier Justice, and I got to go once, uh, once a week, and I did that for like six months. And then I kind of, I. I got trained there and then I would go to the house of truth to tighten up my game and then you know just learn from all my peers and just went from there I've always been into wrestling though man I mean always I think I always will be it's just something that right. stuck with me I love it what was one of the first things you learned when you started training um how one of the first things I learned was how rough it is like it's no joke man that first body slam that first bump you take I mean, I had a headache, I was beat up and bruised, you hit the ropes for the first time. People don't realize that, how how intense professional wrestling training is, man. And when you get in the ring, I learned that it was no game, you know. I knew that getting into it, I, I didn't think it was going to be easy, but I learned just how hard it is and how much you have to want this in order for you to succeed. So that was the, that was the first thing I learned, you know, to dig deep. What has been some of the companies that you've uh, wrestled with thus far? Um, a lot of, uh, obviously, X XICW, um, which I love. It's my home. Uh, there's a lot of uh, some companies like in Indiana, Infinity Pro, uh, White River Wrestling, Ohio, like War Wrestling. I got to do some Ring of Honor stuff, which is a really big deal for me. Um, I'll be on at the Kalamazoo show. It's TV taping. I got booked on that. Uh, I was doing something for Chikara, a couple matches underneath the mask. For a little bit, um, those are some of the just some of the promotions. The biggest one, obviously, Ring of Honor. That's a big deal. So, uh, I would love someday to get a, a look from the WWE. Who wouldn't? I mean, if why if you're if you're in this business, this this sport, why wouldn't you? Um, but those are the some of the big places, and uh, I, I'm I'm hoping you know the name gets out there and people realize that this kid's good. Let's give him a shot. You know, that's what I'm wanting. When when you were, you know, training to, uh, you know, become a wrestler, what were some of the things that you learned about um, cutting promos? Um, that less is more. Uh, I would always, even before I wrestled, I'd always cut a promo. We'd go to, like, wrestling shows, yeah. and we'd wait after the, uh, afterwards to meet the wrestlers. They'd walk out the back, and there's always a, always a rowdy group of people. Everybody's messing around. Well, I would always start cutting a promo. I would do like a Dusty Rhodes impression or a Road Warrior impression right. or Macho Man. I'd start cutting these promos. And then it would just turn into me cutting a promo. And then I, I'm always, even when like messing around with buddies, we'd be drunk and I'd cut a promo. So I always had a little leg up going into it that I could talk, you know? Yeah. You know? And then I learned from people like that would, that would watch, watch your promo or listen to your promo. They'd like, don't talk so much. Try to get what you're saying in under a minute because after a while you're saying you're gonna be saying the same thing just a different way, right. and you're gonna lose people's interest. Try to get in under a minute. So that's what I try to work on because I could go all day long, you know. But uh, I, the promo to me is one of my favorite things. And if no one ever really cuts a promo, I try to cut a promo for every show I do. And I'm hoping one of these days somebody will actually see that and be like, "Damn, this guy can this guy can talk," you know. Right. And to me. If you can't talk, 
that, that you, you should be able to talk. I could, you could put me on TV. I have the most confidence that you could put me on Monday night right now, hand me a <laughs> microphone, and I'll handle business. I just got to get that shot. That's all it is. Was there anybody in the wrestling business, you know, thus far, who's you know really been influential to you, who's given you some really good advice? There's so many people, uh, so many guys that have given me tips. A lot of the guys like Nate Matson, uh, Kid Hybrid, the Scarbonis, Truth Martini, uh, my own trainer Xavier Justice. They've given me a lot of tips. Going on road trips with Rhino, uh, Sanjay Dutt actually, kind of. I had a couple matches with him, and he'll pull me aside and talk to me. Going to the Ring of Honor camps, yeah. listening to what these guys say. Some guys will actually, um, you know, will give you the time of day and actually talk to you and, and give you give you a lot of good advice. Um, there's a lot of guys, man. I take that stuff to heart. Like if someone takes the time out to watch my match and pick it apart, that means a lot to me. Right. And, and those are just a few of the guys that have given me uh, a lot of attention and uh, appreciation and. Uh, that's a big deal to me. So I want to learn. I want to get better. Right. Yeah. Some of the best ideas that's ever happened in pro wrestling has been on those road trips. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You learn a lot of lessons on the road trips. Uh, that's that's one. Of the, if you want to get like what they always say, if you want to get over with the boys, a lot of times you do it by hanging out with the boys. You yeah. know what I mean, you do it by hanging out with uh, hanging out after shows and stuff. I got booked for a Canada show one time. I went to a Ohio a show in Ohio. Didn't get booked on it. Hung out with one of the main promoters in Canada. And um, we just hung out, drank, sang karaoke, and next thing you know, he's like, "Hey," he's with the scar. He t told the Scarbone, he's like, "Hey, bring that kid that was with you guys, uh, that dude that was with you guys. I, I thought he was really cool. Um, we'll put him on the show." And that was, you know, you got to be you. You got to have fun and hang out, and and uh, you can't be a, a dick. You know, having an ego is one thing. Knowing you're good is another. Being a complete asshole and not listening to what your peers <laughs> tell you that that will that, a lot a lot of times that'll get you heat. You don't want that. Who have been some of your favorite opponents this far? Oh man, Keith Cream, right off the bat, I've, I've got a chance to work with him. That's another guy that's influential. He doesn't really wrestle anymore, but uh, he was so much fun to work with. Kid Hybrid, uh, the Painkillers, Jake Something is one one half of the yeah. well, he was. They're not really a thing anymore, but I love working with those guys. Uh, I enjoy wrestling Nate Matson, the Scarbonis. Uh, wrestling against them is fantastic. Um, Got to wrestle Rhino a couple times. That was really fun. So easy, you know. Um, I'm hoping to have a one-on-one, -on -one, another one-on-one -on -one match with Sanjay someday. He's he's really good, and uh, I've grown since the last time him and I stepped in the ring. So I'd love to take it to him. Uh, but as far as like the best guys, it was funny. We were just talking about this. Jake something. We just feed off each other. Uh, Kid Hybrid, Keith Cream. Some of my best matches with those guys. We were kind of talking about this earlier. How just kind of like the skill and athleticism of like in these independent organizations has really grown. Um, these days it seems like maybe in the past year or so a lot of those same companies whether they have usual 100 people or 6,000 people have just grown in such popularity while at the same time like WWE's raw ratings are like the lowest they've been in in years you know why do you think there's such a popularity with these independents now i can't speak for you know wwe i don't know the inner workings or anything like that so i can't talk bad about them i think for the the indies though it's people are it's something fresh you know it started with the cruiserweights i would always watch wcw 
for their cruiserweights. I right. love the big stars they had on there, but the best matches were always Malenko, Benoit, Guerrero, uh, Jericho. You know what I mean? Those were always the best matches. I think TNA, when TNA first started, and they introduced us to guys like Low Key, AJ Styles, that the X Division stuff. Oh, the X Division. It was much fantastic. Held you know that I mean? company together. It did. So long. It did. It did. And I think. Now you have Lucha Underground, uh, Ring of Honor was uh, vital in that. You see these guys, and they let them do what they want. And they let them go, and they're good at what they do. And they're bringing something different. Now, I think sometimes people think WWE, it's like, oh, it's the same stuff, it's this, it's that. You hear the complaints. Right. You know, I think it's good. You know, Seth Rollins, I, I remember I, I met him. He was I was supposed to work with him, wrestle him in a show in Kalkaska. One before he got really big, yeah. uh, I was down in one of my first shows in Indiana. I was down at, and uh, Dean Ambrose was down there, and John Moxley. And so I think they need to. These guys, it's good that these guys are at the forefront. People don't realize that it's something new. But I think a lot of times the indies do well. It's because it's a, it's this weird hybrid style. It's cruiserweight times ten, you know, mixed with just crazy athleticism and. People are starting to find out who they are with character-wise. They're not—they're not just out there doing moves, you know. You have these characters, so it's—it's it's the psychology of how pro wrestling, a good storyline, and then you have the athleticism, and it's mixing together, and that is something new and fresh. And fans are starting to—they're starting to gravitate towards that. Right. It's still not there because I, I don't know how many times I see people talking about, oh man, wrestling, blah 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 blah, and I'll talk to them like, hey, you guys should come to this show. And they're like, oh, well, we don't watch indies. I'm thinking, why not? You guys are talking about how awesome you want them to push Seth Rollins and Kevin Steen. I said, all these guys were where I was years ago. Right, right. You know what I mean? Why don't you support the people that are in your own state? You know, that, that's, and you're going to find something new and fresh that you've never seen before, and you're going to enjoy it. And the thing is, with all these independent organizations, they're all, like, unique in their own way. Like, if you watch uh, Chikara Pro. Oh, yeah. They're really, like, fun. Yes. They have this really fun aspect to it where it's not corny but it's just fun and you, it just, is. you just go to it you're like wow like. yeah yeah it's I always wrestling's like a magic trick you know and it's you go you go trying to figure out the magic trick sometimes but you go to enjoy the show that's what wrestling is man if you know the score you go to enjoy the show you're gonna enjoy the show no matter whether it's Jakar Pro Lucha Underground XICW you know anything of that nature it, you're gonna find something different and you and there's so many independent promotions, but only a few stand out. It's because they're giving the people something different. That's what you have to do. I know we touched on it before, like, but what do you? What are your hopes for the future? For what you're doing? Um, I'm you know not to be sound egotistical or nothing like that. You know, I, I don't care what promotion you put me in. I believe I can excel. Okay. You just these guys just got to give me the ball and let me run with it. I've had a couple touches at Ring of Honor. Um, I'm hoping one of these days they'll be like, you know what, we've seen enough, let's just bring you on. You know, we know you're good. They know I can cut a promo. They know I can go out there and, and the ring and work. I know who I am. Um, I have charisma dripping out of every freaking pore on my body. Right. And then I'm sure WWE has no idea who I am, but I would love to get some type of tryout match or look so they can see who I am. And be like, okay, this guy's cool, you know, he's got a good look to him, he's ethnic, uh, he can talk, he can work, let's see what he can do. All I need is a shot, and that's it. 
Yeah, I'll do the rest. You put the ball on my court, I'll do the rest. The only thing is it's so hard just getting that. And if you don't know somebody or you just happen to be in the right place at the right time, some guys just don't want to vouch for you. It's it's Once I get my shot, um, I'll go with it. And that's all I want. If I fail, I fail. It's on me. But just give me the shot to be in one of the big leagues and I'll do fine. I, I have the almost confidence. That's what I want. Just give me a shot and I'll do fine. You know? From either a wrestling standpoint or a promo standpoint or just your look, you know, how much of that is like you as a person, whether it's just your personality or your your ethnicity or whatever, how much of that is, is you? Uh, it's me times ten. You know what I mean? If you catch me drunk one night, I'll be wild enough, you know. And and that's and that's me. It's uh, me when I'm here talking shit to everybody, it's me taking my frustrations, you know, is what it is. Letting loose, being in a different world. That's me. You know, you're gonna get me out there. I'm an intense individual. Um, I work hard and I wanna win at whatever I'm doing. I'm competitive. I could be playing a video game or I could be out in the ring. I wanna be better than the next guy. If somebody's following me, well I want them to have to follow me and bring it. So yeah, that's what I wanna do. So no, that's me times ten, man. It's the real deal. I always look at it as, as wrestling as like an art form, just like any other art form, like a like a traveling theater, you know. Yep. And you know, art always kind of imitates life, you know. How does wrestling sort of mirror what your everyday person goes through on an everyday basis? Uh, that's a good question, man. Damn. Um. Hmm. It's a struggle. You know, life's a struggle. Being in the ring is a struggle. Uh, in professional wrestling, whether it's you are trying to get noticed by somebody important or whether you're trying to put on the best match or whether you're just trying to work on your character or whatever it is, it's a struggle. And just like you know, life, you have problems and you have to learn how to overcome these problems and you have to work on overcoming these problems. You have to have a game plan to overcome these problems. If I go out there and my dropkick sucks and I want my dropkick to be better, well, I have to keep on working on it, working on it, and dissect it. If I have problems saving money to pay that consumer's bill, well, what the hell am I doing? I have to look back, look at it, dissect it, and come up with a plan to make that dropkick, or I'm not, not a dropkick, but make that money work so I can pay that consumer's bill. Um, it's it's like that, man. It's, 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 uh, it is. It's a constant struggle, like... I feel, how can I put this, I feel like I'm good at what I do, you know, and my man's good at what he does, but he may have something, he may stand out a little more, more than I do, maybe he's taller, maybe he's bigger, and he's going to get that job interview before I get that job interview, yeah. and I'm like, well shit, how do I got to stand out from this guy so I can get this job interview, so I can get the job over him, you know, he's my boy, but besides undercutting him, what do I have to do? to do that it's the same thing in real life like okay here's this guy next to me he has a degree in this he has a degree in that but i have experience in this i'm more outgoing but he looks better on paper what what's what's going to do what's going to make me stand out over him and it's the same way man that's a good question though. I mean, it made me think <laughs> <laughs> and even from like when you just dive into the whole storyline aspect of wrestling when it comes down to it it's always like good versus evil you know yeah, this guy versus yeah. it. it's a competitive thing you know, how does that relate to what, you know, people deal with in real life? Dude, Dusty Rhodes did it best. 
common man, blue collar man, but yeah. Dusty was like your next door neighbor. The four horsemen were like the rich guys down the street right. that had the Mercedes-Benz that were dicks to everybody. That's the best way to describe that right there. Dusty was, you can relate to Dusty Rhodes. If you go out there, when I go out there, perfect example, Jake something. Black tights, black boots, scruffy beard, you know what I mean? Doesn't doesn't come across as, try. he doesn't try to be over the top. Right. Hakeem Zayn, fancy looking tights, fancy <laughs> ring jacket. Loud and arrogant, tries to make sure everyone knows he's talking. But you know, even if no one's listening, he's still gonna be running his mouth. That's like that's who do you relate to? Do you relate to the guy that has the bravado, the swagger, you know, the machismo, or do you relate to the guy that's a common man that just wants to go out there and pound some heads? Uh, that's the the good the good and evil of it right there. The competitiveness is that even though Hakeem Zayn is the sun and Jake Something is the moon, they they both have the same goal. And that is to be better than anybody else. It's your Vegeta, it's your Goku. This sawed-off runt who's angry, who wants to be the man, and this guy that trains hard and does what's right in life and is the man, you know what I mean? And they both want to be the best. That's your competitive nature, and it makes in, and if, when you mix it right, it tells the greatest story ever. Rock and Austin, one of my favorite feuds. They're so opposite, but man, when they get together, it is one of the most exciting things, whether they're talking promos, cut promos on each right, other, right. in the ring, or just the standing and staring at each other, you know something big is gonna happen because they did it right and they they, they uh, click so well. And that's and once you get that in wrestling, it's money and it's a story and it's great history. And that's that's what we all work towards to doing there, man. Right. Yeah, just kind of you know, closing out this interview, who is somebody out there that you just you want to be in the ring with? Who's like your just dream match? Oh my gosh, that is so tough. I would have loved to have a chance to work with like a Guerrero, you know, Benoit, guys like that. Those are guys that influenced me a lot. Um, I don't know if I have a dream match. You know, I guess one of my dream matches. Maybe wouldn't be to work with someone that's... Oh, I mean, I guess, you know, John Cena, he's like the top dog in professional wrestling, so I would love to be in the ring with him and pick his brain. Right. But I think my dream match would be something like myself, Jake something on NXT or WWE. You know, if we ever made it that far. And just the history, because we grew up, you know, not together, but we came up in this profession together. Yeah. So I would want... That would be my dream match. Us two, good friends, better enemies, to be at the biggest stage of them all and uh, that would be I think that would be it we recently had a, had, a, had a match at Ring of Honor and it was so funny because we go from wrestling in a backyard to getting trained to being on a pretty big stage in Ring of Honor it was a pretty big moment for us so I would like to take it even further though yeah a lot of some of the greatest like like rivalries in, in, in wrestling some of the greatest matches are between guys that just in real life, they're just friends, yeah. so they know there's a good chemistry. You know, talk about like just you know what it's like to have great chemistry with somebody. Uh, you know right away. Owen Travers is another guy I had great chemistry with. You get in the ring, and the moment you lock up, you just click. It's just something you can't really explain it. You just feel it, and everything you do, move for move, hold for hold, it just, it's like water in the ring, and. Uh, Jake and I, we just even I've, I've had good friends, and uh, 
the matches aren't that good. Like TD, my old tag partner, him and I, we had a couple matches and they just weren't that good as not as good as I hoped that would have been. Right. We were really good friends, and sometimes it just doesn't click. And sometimes you go in there and people you don't like, you know, I don't. There's guys I don't like, you know, outside the ring. I won't name names, but <laughs> you get in the ring with them, and that's sometimes that's even better because you guys are both professionals and you click. Yeah. And you both are just going at it, and it's intense, and it's 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 really good. Uh, that's that's also something different. I, I think it's just it's just something that happens, man. It just is. You, you guys both, it's the stars are aligned, and you just have something that's there, and you guys just work. You, you flow off each other. How long after you started, you know, just getting in the ring, did did the the whole psychology of it all just just start to click with you? It really wasn't until last year. I've been doing this for almost seven years now. It wasn't until last year that I felt really comfortable um, being in the ring. It's cool, though, because I'll wrestle guys that are younger than me that are really good, and I will structure everything, and it's, uh, it turns out great. And I look at it, I'm like, man, I did that. Like, it's, okay, now I'm starting to get it. And uh, it, it really wasn't until last year that that came along. You can do moves all you want and have a perfect moonsault, but if you don't know when to put it in the match or, you know, when to execute this, that, or the other... It doesn't matter. It's not going to get that apex from the crowd, and that's what you want. And the only way you do that is from experience and knowing when to do something, how to do something, learning that psychology. And it didn't, for me, it wasn't until like last year. If you notice some things aren't working and towards the, you know, the crowd reaction, what do you do to kind of change things up? Gotta change it up on the fly, man. Gotta change it up on the fly. Those are the best kind of guys that can go out there, not have to worry about what is structured, and you just work. And uh, you you feed off the crowd, and that's something I actually enjoy doing. I love having going out there and having a barn burner of a match, you know, with yep, uh, having a great match with tons of counters and all this stuff. But when you just go out there and you just work, and the crowd's there, that's such a great feeling. You, you have to know how to do that, how to change it up on the fly. You have to. If not, you're going to be stuck, and it's not going to go over that well. Right, right, right. All right, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, you know taking time you know talk with me for you thanks know. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate. <laughs> I love this stuff, man. I love it. Right. Oh, we need to talk more hip hop next time, you know, because you gotta you're gonna have to send me what's hot right now, man. I, was, I heard most Daffy just put something out recently, and that was okay. You know, I want most Neff to come back, man. I'm, I'm I love me some most. There, there's still like uh, the label that um, that uh, the. The Rask has and um, Apollo Brown album came out, the mm -hmm. Mellow Music Group. Yeah. Everything they do, pretty much, really? is fantastic. Okay. okay. And um, they've really, first off, they have a knack of, just like with Rask has, kind of reinvigorating like older rappers' careers. Yeah. But then they just have all these other projects, too, that are all, there's all, for, since forever, there's always been like that one hip-hop label that kind of invigorates the underground, you know. Yeah. You used to have Raucous Records. Yeah, you know, Raucous Records. Def Jux, stuff like that. Right now, Mellow Music Group is, like, that label. Uh, my friend, Finale, he just put, he's from Detroit. Uh -huh. He just put out a, a, an album called Odds and Ends. Uh -huh. with, um, it was produced um, entirely by Odyssey. Um, are you familiar with Odyssey? Uh, I'll definitely get familiar with Odyssey, though. Yeah, he's from, like, uh, the D.C. area. Okay. And he's put out a bunch of stuff too over oh, really? the years. Like he's really hot on the. He's like on a freaking like fifty date like worldwide tour right now. <laughs> See, I love that stuff, man. I love like 
like when Little Brother and Ninth, Ninth, you know, first came out, Binary yeah. Star and cats like that. Like I, when they were first coming out, it was yeah, so I know high. the Binary Star cats. Yeah, like I, mean, I know Low. He's like, he, like uh, one man army from the group. Uh, yeah. One below. Yeah. Like he was one of the first guys to really kind of embrace me when I entered the hip hop scene. Really. And this is when I'm like 19 years old and stuff. And he was always like that. I mean, he's always like such a good dude like that, you know? Right, right. And he's still doing his thing right now. And he's doing stuff in like in Pontiac now. He's back around here. Really? You never know when, where that guy's at, you yeah. know? See, I love stuff like that, man. If, and it, if it feels like this uh, mellow music, man. That's, if that, I, I just love hungry music. You know what I mean? Because that's when you get the heart, soul, and the passion, and yeah. it sounds the best. Because they want it. I love it. Have you have you heard the stuff that uh, Fonte from Little Brothers been doing now with Foreign Exchange? No, no. I heard some of his uh, the the his last stuff they did. I haven't heard any of the new stuff. Yeah, um, he's like after Little Brother just you know went yeah. away, he um he linked up with this um, uh, European producer Nicolay. Uh huh. And Nicolay has um uh he's moved to North Carolina now. That's where Little Brothers from like, and. They started this collective called um, Foreign Exchange. At first, it was just them two, and they, you know, they just traded like, you know, music in, um, on OK Player's uh, message board. Okay. But now they're a full like band, and it's 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 gone away from hip hop stuff to like soul music. Oh and, man. Oh my, their live shows are so amazing. Uh -huh. And then they put out other artists and stuff, and the members of the band put out solo uh, projects. They have such an amazing indie following now, See, and they do it uh, all by themselves. I love the band, live band stuff. It was a Black Milk uh, album of the year? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, dude! See, yeah, I love that. Yeah, Black. Black's a good friend of mine too. Really, and, dude. Hot stuff, dude. Hot and stuff. his live band performance is the best in hip hop right now. Is it? I, I oh, feel. dude. His that band album is so. Oh man. And so he good. just keeps on getting better with it, you know. His his newer albums are ridiculous too. You know, really? since album of the year, man. Okay. Like, and his band is so ridiculous. Like, you'll listen to it and they'll go into this thing that sounds like some some Prince stuff. And really? Going to some <laughs> other stuff. Go the musicmanship is like, oh, amazing. And it's it's unlike anything else in like hip hop these days. You don't have and, to send me all that stuff. And dude. it's still like, very in black is still very much slept on when it comes to his music and his live shows. See? You know. Nope. That's a shame crazy. too. That, the, guys like that should be on that next level. Guys like that should be winning the awards. And I mean, I know that stuff doesn't really matter, but they should be getting the attention they deserve. And that's like indie wrestling is the same way. Yeah, it is. Like, and I always, and I always like, I always kind of uh, compare like, like rap music on like the mainstream to yeah. wrestling. Because it is so, like, kayfabe. Yeah, it is, dude. It's so bad. It's that stuff. I, I tried. Like, somebody was like, oh, check this dude out. I was like, okay, I'm not going to be the old man. And, like, oh, I don't want to listen to any of this new stuff, you know. But sometimes I listen to it. I'm like, the whole, will it, will it, uh, dying, dude. Dying. Like I, like, I can't do it. Maybe I'm just an old guy now, but I can't do it. The best thing I, okay, like, that one of those last award shows when, like, Nicki Minaj says something to uh, Miley Cyrus. Oh, God. The, <laughs> The best tweet I ever saw was on that was like, if you thought that was real, you obviously didn't uh, watch any wrestling as a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, man. God. Well, thanks for having me on, dude. I appreciate that. I love doing stuff like this. I could talk. Obviously, I'm talking so much. I could talk all day, dude. I love it. Right. I absolutely love it, man. I appreciate it. 
So that was the interview with Hakeem Zayn. Really had a good time kicking it with him, chopping it up about hip hop and shit. If you want to support the podcast, you can always, you know, make sure you just spread the word. Uh, the website is freshestthepodcast.com. And you can check us out on the social medias at Fresh is the Word One. That's Fresh is the Word Number One on Instagram and Twitter. Um, on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash fresh is the podcast. Um, if you also want to uh, support the podcast in uh, other ways, if you go to freshisthepodcast.com, there's a link at the top that says support the podcast. And there's a PayPal link you can use. Or if you shop on Amazon, you can uh, use the link that I have on the website. Just use that anytime you want to purchase something. And a little bit of commission comes my way. It doesn't cost you any more, but it does help out the show. So please stay tuned. We have a lot of cool segments coming up, a lot of cool guests coming up on future episodes. We're now on Stitcher Radio and on iTunes. So go ahead and search Fresh is the Word on those, and you can listen to us and subscribe uh, on those platforms. So that's it for this episode of Fresh is the Word. See you soon. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.